Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. Hosted in Colonial Williamsburg in September 2016, this event featured commissioners from all 50 states to perform a test run of an Article 5 convention, the largest experiment of its kind. The simulation proved that this process really will work just as the constitutional framers knew it would. Over a period of two days, the commissioners ultimately debated eight proposals and passed six of them. This is part three of the general session of the COS simulation. Movement of goods, articles, or persons. My question is whether that is contemplated to include or exclude financial transactions on the internet. Uh, thank you, Commissioner from Virginia, I believe the intent in Section 1 is to return the definition of Congress to that classical understanding of goods, articles, and persons. Uh, as you would read through Section 2, it would then uh, exclude anything else uh, to be under the power of Congress. Uh, that is the understanding uh, as we put this together. I thank the gentleman. Chair will recognize uh, the gentleman from Tennessee. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, uh, I would like to address the sponsor of the amendment, the commissioner. Yes. Uh, commissioner Caldwell, will you yield for a question? I should have asked the first time. Commissioner Caldwell, will you yield for a question? Yes, sir. Proceed. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Commissioner, I am uh, going to try to rephrase the question just asked by the gentleman from Virginia because I, I don't think you answered the question, uh, and maybe not intentionally, but uh, my question is going to be, will this allow Congress to regulate commerce through the Internet that would be between states? Is that the intent of the amendment? I'm, I'm, and I, I'm asking that because I'm trying to understand the intent of the amendment. Thank you. Mr. President? Yes, Commissioner. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, so uh, I was attempting to answer the question more broadly uh, than just the specific uh, of Internet, although uh, it would depend on what commerce was being conducted. So again, as we review, the original understanding of commerce uh, was the movement of goods, articles, and persons among the several states. And uh, Section 2 is outlining that it cannot expand beyond that. So uh, we had a great deal of conversation about, for example, financial transactions. Uh, those would be uh, excluded under uh, Section 2 uh, from the regulation. So uh, we determined not to name specifically uh, things such as uh, Internet commerce uh, because it all depends on what commerce is being conducted uh, and how, that's, how that is occurring. Uh, between the several states, uh, very simply trying to reiterate what the understanding of commerce was at the beginning and uh, push back against the specific decisions that have expanded the application of commerce under necessary and proper. Uh, not trying to be obtuse, but trying to, to address it's bigger than maybe that simple question. Thank you, Commissioner. Yes, uh, Commissioner from Tennessee, do you have a follow-up question? Yes, thank you, and, and, and I appreciate that sentiment, and I appreciate the, the, the spirit behind the amendment. 
uh, I still wonder if um, if the wording of the amendment, though, does not leave to question whether commerce uh, and goods going from state to state uh, that are purchased electronically would be subject to uh, to congressional control, and and was uh, just wanting to know the. Uh, the thought that the committee had when they propo proposed the amendment. Mr. President. Yes, Mr. Uh, Commissioner Caldwell, yes. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, again, we discussed specifically financial transactions and intangible actions. Uh, I, I believe the committee's, um, well, since we did not specifically discuss internet transactions, I don't want to speak for the committee as a whole. I will share uh, my thoughts that our intention, I believe, was to be uh, limited and thoughtful uh, and speak specifically to the actions we find objectionable, uh, not try to uh, anticipate or uh, inadvertently create a scenario that creates difficulty moving forward, uh, believing that none of us can predict what uh, additional means or methods of commerce are going to develop in the future. Uh, I think that should be up to personally up to Congress. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking to address the specific infirmities that have developed uh, previous to today in this amendment. Thank you, Commissioner. Further discussion to the motion? Yeah, the gentleman from Georgia is recognized. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to speak in favor of this amendment. The, uh, if you study our history and you look around, there are many worthy amendments that we have that we will, uh, that we will deal with here today. But if there is one thing that has expanded the power of Congress more than anything else that we've seen in our history, it's this misapplication of the Commerce Clause. And what we have here uh, that we developed in, in the five hours and six hours that we had to debate yesterday, I think is a very solid attempt to bring back, rein in Congress and bring back the understanding of what the Commerce Clause was really intended to do. And so I would ask that this, uh, this body today uh, pass this amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Commissioner. Gentleman from Michigan is recognized. Uh, Colonel Keith from Michigan, thank you. I believe I submitted for paragraph four a uh, proposed amendment, uh, which I believe does not change the substance of anything. Uh, if does the uh, podium have that? Uh, Mr. Secretary, do we have a written submission from Michigan? All right, so let's get a little bit caught up on what's happening right now. They've moved on to a second amendment uh, dealing with the Commerce Clause. Ken, what's this supposed to accomplish? Well, I was going to ask Professor Nadelson that very question because the Commerce Clause, in my mind, has been terribly abused by the Supreme Court. So, Professor, what can we accomplish by attempting to amend the Commerce Clause and why the Commerce Clause? Well, the Commerce Clause is a part of um, the list of powers of Congress in the Constitution. And what it says is that Congress shall have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations among the several states and with the Indian tribes. And its original understanding was to enable Congress to regulate, say, the shipment of goods between uh, state lines and also certain uh, incidents or ancillary matters having to do with the shipment of goods as well as the shipment of goods uh, and other uh, uh, things um, uh, with foreign nations, with the Indian tribes. Over the years, the Supreme Court has interpreted the Commerce Clause in conjunction with another clause called the Necessary and Proper Clause to enable the Congress to control the entire American economy, not just that portion having to do with the shipment of goods and articles across 
state lines. So now we see the, the uh, Congress regulating um, manufacturing, land use, mining, agriculture, the list goes on. Um, and that was not within uh, the original purview of the Constitution. So the intent of the amendment is to try to move the Constitution back to what uh, was originally understood. So, Professor, if an amendment like this, and we've seen the verbiage of the language of this amendment on the screens, and our viewers have seen that as well, what would be the impact if such an amendment were proposed by this body today and then ratified by 38 states and then implemented as an amendment to the Constitution? Well, Congress would still have an enormous amount of power as far as regulating the economy is concerned. But certain matters, such as the regulation of manufacturing, um, uh, labor relations, agriculture, and so forth, would be carried out at the state rather than the federal level. Let's, well, let's talk about why the states are having to jump in on this, right? Because we never amended the actual Commerce Clause to the Constitution. It's never been amended. But Chief Justice Roberts said in the Obamacare case that their power is well established. My question is, well established by whom? We the people never expanded it, but the court expanded it. So is this the only way for us to overturn that expansion? Effectively, it's proven to be the only way. Over the years, people have said, well, if we can elect uh, presidents who will appoint Supreme Court justices, that'll bring about change. But that, in fact, hasn't worked. Yeah. So um, we have to do it by constitutional amendment. I will tell you, this pre there's precedent for this, uh, not specifically a convention, but uh, there, it, there are several instances in which constitutional amendments were adopted specifically to override uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, the founding generation uh, was encountered a decision very early on in the, our history in which they thought the Supreme Court was expanding its own power too much, so they passed the 11th Amendment, which right. overturned that, that opinion. Um, the notorious Dred Scott opinion of a decision of 1857 uh, which declared that an African-American could never, ever be a citizen of the United States, an obviously erroneous decision was overturned by the 14th Amendment. And most recently, a very confused Supreme Court opinion uh, in Mitchell versus Oregon, adopted in 1970, uh, was overturned by the 26th Amendment. So there, there is a, uh, uh, a pattern, uh, and, and the founders envisioned the use of the amendment process for that, well, they certainly for that purpose. They never envisioned the court to have the final say on every law in America and to essentially run the country. Well, so there did. had to be a place for being able to overturn they them. Did, they, they did envision the court having the power of judicial review. Sure. Not, but, but, and, and they also envisioned the use of the amendment process as a way to rein in the court and, in fact, other branches of the federal government as well. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the action on the floor. Time I've had to think about this. I doubt that it has a great deal of impact one way or the other, although I think I would prefer the original statement, uh, which would apply to everyone uh, to be responsible to make it effective rather than limiting it just to Congress. Uh, this, this is now reducing uh, the entities that are responsible to, be, uh, to uphold the fidelity of the amendment. Thank you, Commissioner. Further discussion to the motion to amend? Seeing a uh, yes. Uh, Call the question, sir. Gentleman from Georgia is recognized. Question has been called. It's a second to the motion. Motion is seconded. We place that motion. Chairs of your delegations, please. All in favor of calling the question, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed, say nay. I'll place the motion to amend section four as written on the screen. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. All opposed, please say nay. 
I will rule that motion fails. We are back to the underlying motion. Further discussion to the underlying motion? Gentleman from Mississippi is recognized. The gentle lady from Mississippi. Excuse me. This would be a question to the chair, if I may. Yes. So will you yield? Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, can you explain to me why you felt it necessary to add the last uh, sentence on Section 2, but Congress shall have the power to define and provide for punishment of offenses constituting acts of war or violent insurrection against the United States? just seems to me like that's redundancy of what's already in the Constitution, and I, I just want your thoughts on that. Sure. Mr. President? Yes, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, and uh, thank you, Commissioner. Um, this, uh, much of Section 2, uh, and, and I will uh, share that uh, both Section 1 and Section 2 are, were very fully developed uh, amendments. We were uh, blessed in our subcommittee to have uh, four submissions, really five, including a multiple uh, purpose amendment uh, with very, very similar language. And this was uh, contained within several of the proposals based on a concern that uh, reverting to the very narrow understanding of uh, the federal ability to act within a single state uh, would uh, possibly uh, create a conflict in purpose uh, for Congress. And so this uh, final sentence I would describe as a uh, both suspenders and belt uh, approach. Uh, it did not receive a great deal of discussion in our subcommittee. Uh, I will uh, share that our uh, advisor in the committee uh, was a uh, proponent of its inclusion, uh, and uh, in reflection, the subcommittee uh, was comfortable to uh, leave it in the language. Thank you, Commissioner. And just as a matter of, uh, of, of practice, if you direct your questions through the chair, and then we'll, we'll direct them back. The gentleman from North Dakota is recognized. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I'd like to uh, express the concern I believe brought up by a speaker from Alaska. As I read Section 4, the article shall be effective not more than five years. To me, that does mean that it has no effectiveness after five years, and it would either be shall be affected or it should be shall become effective so that we know that there's an act that occurs which shall be not more than five years, which makes it effective. So I move the motion that we change the word be to become. Motion to amend is in section four. This article shall become effective. Second. Not more than five years from the date of its ratification. I have a motion and a second from? Second. California. Discussion to the motion to amend. Ohio, you were, would you wish to speak to the motion to amend? Mr. President, if I may speak to the motion to amend, we also had a suggestion on language that I think would create clarity. And so if the sponsor of the amendment is willing to entertain amending his amendment, is that possible? You want to reserve the right to make a, a motion to amend? Yes. Do you, want to, do you want to propose what you're suggesting? Would that be appropriate in this context? Yeah, I'll entertain that. Thank you, Mr. President. So to create clarity, I would propose an amendment to strike not more than. So it would read, this article shall be effective five years from the date of its ratification. I think our goal was to create clarity on the period of time in which it could be adopted. But clearly, upon discussion in this greater body, it has 
um, increased confusion. So to remove not more than I think would suffice. And I think, if Commissioner, the, the, un the underlying motion was become, the article shall become effective. Is, are you w willing to keep the word become and then strike the words not more than? Yes, sir. So, so the substitute motion to amend would be this article shall become effective five years from the date of the ratification. Did I read that correctly? Correct, please, and thank you. So that would be a substitute motion to amend. Do I have a second? Second. I have a second from Delaware. Discussion to the substitute motion to amend. And let me go back to the gentleman from North Dakota. Is, is that? Uh, That's acceptable to me, sir. Friendly amendment. Discussion to the substitute motion to amend. Chair, uh, Vice Chairman Caldwell. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Without having polled my subcommittee members, I've, I am comfortable with the amendment as proposed. Friendly amendment all around. Discussion to the substitute motion to amend. Question. Question, motion is to call the question from Delaware. Do I have a second? A second from Missouri. Uh, all in favor of calling the question, chairs of your delegation, please say aye. aye. Opposed, please say nay. Place the question on the motion to amend. Uh, chairs, please say aye. Let me place that again and make sure everybody's awake. Chairs, please say aye. Aye. Opposed, please say nay. That motion passes. Motion is amended. Discussion to the underlying amended, mo uh, amended proposal. Yes, a gentleman from Texas is rec recognized. Move to call the question. Uh, motion is to call the question for proposal one. Do I have a second? Second from uh, Indiana to call the question on proposal one for the federal, federal legislative committee as amended. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed, say nay. I will now place the motion. Mr. Secretary, will you place a roll call vote? The Sir. motion is to adopt proposal one of the federal legislative executive jurisdiction committee. Oh, excuse me. I promised I would come back to you. Chair, Vice Chair Caldwell. Th thank, summation. You, thank you, Mr. President. We were uh, determined here that I was likely to snatch uh, victory or defeat from the jaws of victory were I to speak any longer. So I recommend uh, adoption. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. The, 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 the car wash rule is clearly in effect. Thank you. Mr. Secretary, will you place the motion? Alabama. Alabama votes yes. Alaska. Alaska votes yes. Alaska votes yes. Arizona. Aye. Arizona votes yes. Arkansas. Arkansas votes yes. California. California votes yes. California votes yes. Colorado. Aye. Colorado votes yes. Connecticut. Connecticut votes yes. Connecticut votes yes. Delaware. Delaware votes yes. Delaware votes yes. Florida. Yes. Florida votes yes. Georgia. Georgia votes aye. Georgia votes yes. Hawaii. Hawaii votes aye. Hawaii votes yes. Idaho. Yes. Idaho votes yes. Illinois. Illinois votes yes. Illinois votes yes. Indiana. Indiana votes yes. Iowa. Iowa votes yes. Iowa votes yes. Kansas. Kansas enthusiastically votes yes. Kansas enthusiastically votes yes. Kentucky. Kentucky votes yes. Louisiana. Louisiana votes no. Maine. Maine votes yes. Maine votes yes. Maryland. Maryland votes yes. Maryland votes yes. Massachusetts. Massachusetts votes yes. Massachusetts votes yes. Michigan. Michigan votes yes. Michigan votes yes. Minnesota. Yes. 
Minnesota votes yes. Mississippi. Mississippi votes no. Mississippi votes no. Mon Missouri. Missouri votes yes. Missouri votes yes. Montana. No. Montana votes no. Nebraska. Cornhuskers vote yes. Nebraska votes yes. Nevada. Nevada votes yes. New Hampshire. New Hampshire votes yes. New Hampshire votes yes. New Jersey. New Jersey votes yes. New Jersey votes yes. New Mexico. New Mexico votes yes. New Mexico votes yes. New York. New York votes no. New York votes no. North Carolina. North Carolina votes yes. North Carolina votes yes. North Dakota. North Dakota votes yes. North Dakota votes yes. Ohio. Ohio votes yes. Ohio votes yes. Oklahoma. Oklahoma votes yes. Oregon. Oregon votes yes. Pennsylvania. Yes. Pennsylvania votes yes. Rhode Island. Yes. Rhode Island votes yes. South Carolina. Yes. South Carolina votes yes. South Dakota. Aye. South Dakota votes yes. Tennessee. Tennessee votes yes. Texas. Texas votes yes. Utah. Utah votes yes. Vermont. Vermont votes yes. Vermont votes yes. Virginia. Virginia votes no. Washington. Washington votes yes. West Virginia. West Virginia votes yes. Wisconsin. Wisconsin votes yes. Wyoming. Wyoming votes no. The vote is 45 yeas to five noes. Chair will rule that uh, proposal one from the Federal Legislative Executive Jurisdiction Committee passes. <laughs> Commissioners, with that I will inform you we are halfway between our work and, and lunch. And so just so you know, engaging the time, I think we're moving well. Uh, if we keep that pace going, we have uh, six other proposals. We may need to look at our pace a little bit to get here. I know Texas last night requested that we finish by 945. That may have been a little ambitious, but it is Texas. <laughs> but we will do our best. Thank you. So with that, we will move to proposal number one from the Term Limits and Federal Jurisdiction Committee. We will uh, recognize the uh, chair of that committee, uh, Commissioner Wilkins. Mr. President, I will yield to the patron of the amendment. Yes, to, uh, sorry, Chairman, where am I going? I will yield to the patron of the resolution that we are proposing on, as, as pro proposal number one. Is that uh, Vice Chairman Hayes? You're recognized to uh, present proposal one. Thank you, Mr. President. Proposal one says no person shall be elected to more than six full terms in the House of Representatives. No person shall be elected to more than two full terms in the Senate. And these limits shall include the time served prior to the enactment of this article. Thank you, move, move adoption of the proposal. Yes, sir, I do move the adoption of this proposal, one, from this committee. 
The motion is to adopt Proposal 1 from the Term Limits Federal Jurisdiction Committee. Do I hear a second? Second from Georgia. Discussion to the motion. Uh, the gentleman from California is recognized. Thank you, Mr. President. I uh, respectfully rise in opposition to this proposal as a uh, rep elected, duly rep elected representative from the great state of California, uh, falling victim uh, to term limits uh, this year. Uh, it's an experiment that has proven, um, unfortunately, uh, gone awry. What we've experienced in California, and not for myself that I care that I'm termed out because uh, I'm, I'm happy to go back to the, to the private sector, but uh, we're losing many good people who have served honorably and honestly that um, we will lose that institutional memory as they are termed out of office. What we've experienced in California since 1990 when we passed our term limits is the, the power that should be uh, bestowed upon the duly elected members of the Assembly and the Senate has swung to the unelected lobbyists and the unelected uh, staff members and maybe worse, the unelected bureaucrats that run the state. A function of the term limits that we've experienced in California is that as members are looking to be termed out, they immediately begin looking for their next opportunity and begin to pay less attention to the responsibilities that they have in their duly elected office. As a result of that, they uh, cede much of their influence to either their staff or the special interests that lobby them on a regular basis. Uh, there's other uh, problems with term limits that I could take a, a much more time to share with you about, but those are the ones that rise to the top of concern. Thank you, Commissioner. We, in Utah, we are welcoming the good representatives and businesses from California on a daily basis. <laughs> I recognize the gentleman from New Hampshire. I was one of the few people in committee that um, <clears throat> voted against this, but as I overnight and then listening to some other people, I agree with this because the limit shall include time served prior. At first I looked at anybody who served more than 12 years would be, <clears throat> would have to leave. But the problem, when I was, anybody who's elected, if for example, I get elected to my third term, before this was enacted, I still get to complete my um, third term. One of the things I keep hearing over and over again, not to criticize a gentleman from um, California, we did it in the committee, he says, well, the power is ceded to bureaucrats, the power is ceded to this. But if you listen to Senator Coburn and you listen to Patrick Henry, it's not our responsible to, responsibility to seize see power to anybody. The people elected us, the people empowered us to do our job. In 12 years, you can't do your job because you have to see power. You should have never been elected in, in the first place. So I agree with term limits. And, and the other part is everybody who's running for election on the federal is ceding their power. In the state of New Hampshire, two people are running for state, I mean federal senator. Yeah, they're gonna spend over $100 million. Who are they gonna owe their power to? 
Are they going to owe the power to the people or the power of that $100 million? That's why I wholeheartedly support this amendment. Thank you, Commissioner. Recognize the Commissioner from Oregon. Thank you, Mr. President. I rise in support of this amendment to, after eloquently hearing Patrick Henry this morning, we need to return to the citizen style of government. And I respect all the honorable service of our servicemen, but I believe we lose sight of what the original intent of the founders was when you know you have a job to do, once your job is finished, you should return and you can share that knowledge with the next generation. But to continue the service, I think, is a disservice to the citizens of our nation. Thank, thank you, Commissioner. I will remind you, you can lift your mics up. We need with the, the recording and the streaming to capture the audio. And if you're able, I think the mics do, do, do uh, lift as well. Let me recognize a gentleman from Minnesota. No light, nobody home. There we go. Now we've got the light. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. A um, couple points. Uh, we had a long, robust, thorough discussion of this of this proposal in the committee, uh, commissioners, and uh, the gentleman from New Hampshire just spoke, and uh, I appreciate his comments regarding the proposal. Uh, and one point that was mentioned earlier were. Uh, the experience with the states, again, that came up in our committee as well. The states are uh, completely different from the federal power base. There's a very big difference. In Minnesota, you know, most of us, we don't have term limits, but most of our people are under 20 years. And that's because we get paid so little, uh, primarily. But, uh, which is good. So, I appreciate uh, New Hampshire's comments, the Commissioner from New Hampshire and others, but this is very different uh, power structure from the states. And the initial intent, as the other gentleman mentioned, is that uh, you know, up until the, the early 20th century, we didn't need term limits because they didn't serve that long. And it wasn't a problem. Come uh, When we started paying these guys and gals more, 16th and 17th Amendment had a huge impact. So I su support the proposal and thank the work of the committee. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. I'm going to go to Connecticut, Maryland, then Virginia. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.